Welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast with Lindsay and Jules, a podcast for wedding videographers and photographers where we discuss all aspects of running a business, developing technical knowledge and skills and pushing your creativity. So we're going to be talking about, in this one, we're going to be talking about where we get clients from, which is kind of the very um, un- uh, business-like way to describe marketing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but literally is kind of what we do as wedding photographers and videographers. We just find where we're going to get the clients from, don't we? We do. But before we go into that, what have we been up to this week? So we have, well, you did Trampoline Park. Trampoline with Park. The kids. Yeah. Daddy Daycare. Daddy Daycare. Yeah. With the boys, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Not great when you've not got a knackered ankle. No, true story. And yeah. in the current warm temperatures, bit sweaty. Bit sweaty. Yeah. But, uh, but good fun, and that's basically about as as uh, much as I see my mates these days is uh, <laughs> surrounded by uh, children, young children. Mine are the oldest, <laughs> so uh, I've probably got it easiest at this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> But that was no, that was nice. Nice that you did that because, like you say, you don't um, don't get to see them that often. And gone are the days of Saturday night, and crazy nights out, shaky wakey, yeah, or poker, and, uh, or poker games. Yeah, yeah. it's all the uh, so trampoline, trampoline parks and <laughs> play gyms, and then texting about F one, yeah, when the races are on, yeah. Of which, so that started again, isn't it? So you're quite excited about that. I am, I am, and uh, I got to watch it this weekend as well. You did? So, it's uh, going to be an exciting season. Very good. What else? Um, so, Mother's Day as well, it was, and as a, a wonderful Mother's Day present, the clock's changed, so... <laughs> Uh, an hour, an hour less in bed. Yeah, but I gave you, I gave you, <laughs> or I tried to give you the, the morning in bed. Yeah, um, but it was quite nice as well. We had uh, d- friends over for dinner this weekend as well, and on Saturday evening. So, um, so good. It, it, it was nice actually because um, this uh, this past weekend that will be um, the last kind of full weekend where we can do things nicely as a family and sort of catch up with few friends and things like that and, and just kind of take things a little bit easier before we, we do start getting back into... Yeah, I mean, there's going to be season. odd ones, isn't there? There's the going to be... A, like, thankfully, this year we have managed to, you know, build in some some weekends off, haven't we? Yeah. Which didn't exist past July last year. No. Uh, but, you know, it, it's going to be busier, so... Yeah. Those weekends will probably just want to do nothing rather than uh, <laughs> socialise. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you told us there that uh, we're going to be talking about marketing today. Yes. So we are on this little journey, I keep saying this little journey, and um, we're at a point where uh, we've now got the packages ready, we know who our ideal client is, our business has its own identity, 
Um, there's some real depth to that and that is going to be conveyed to the people that we want to reach through our branding and through the way in which we articulate what we're all about uh, the tone of voice the kind of visuals all that stuff that we talked about in the last episode with with branding yeah and so we're, we're armed now we're ready we'll get everything <laughs> that was a gun need, nice that's <laughs> weird <laughs> <laughs> It's because you said armed and ready. Armed and ready. Yeah, we're prepared. <laughs> prepared. Yeah, uh, ready to to kind of market ourselves to to try and reach those ideal clients. Then, so kind of wanted to start with th- this one by just focusing a little bit on understanding what marketing is, because again, like with the branding last week, it's easy to kind of assume that it's about one singular thing. So with branding, often there's a misconception that it's just solely to do with a logo that's there we explain why it isn't why it's so much more than that and sometimes actually with marketing people can sometimes think that um it's adverts or it's social media yeah and that's it like blanket it's yeah, this or it's that just yeah. it's that those things alone so you, you know take it a bit further than that so adverts social media you might see a billboards Um, leaflets that are given out, articles in newspapers, things like that. These alone are not marketing. Those things are marketing tactics. They're tactics or methods that you might use to help you achieve your overall marketing strategy or goals that you've got in place. So I think it's really, it wasn't really until that was broken down for me it was in a classroom and it was from a very you know it was a much more kind of theoretical point of view but I see that now where I kind of bless you <laughs> connect with that more now mm. is through things that I listen to so podcasts that I listen to yeah things that I kind of see on tv and I love the fact that you you know um I, I was talking to uh, some students in a university uh, it'll be a couple of months ago now that I went to talk to them and I talked about the fact that um, I love that, that we can see Stephen Bartlett on Dragon's Den now and I've always liked The Apprentice anyway but you know Thursday nights business nights I love that, that, that there are these programs that are on television that these have been long running programs if you think about how long those programs have been running for yeah but actually, they're trying to appeal to a whole new kind of market of kind of young business owners and entrepreneurs now. And I think that's fantastic. And Isn't I love it? the fact that we can see Bartlett on there because he's one of the ones that we'll listen to. Um, Gary V, lots and lots of other people. Ben Francis even. Holly Tucker, I love listening to her. I could reel all the names off. But um, the thing about it is, is that that kind of understanding that marketing goes way beyond these all of these little tactics, all of these small tactics that different businesses of different sizes and across lots of different industries, they all use. But kind of hearing those professionals, those practitioners talk about what a huge part of being able to connect and reach your audience this is. But the fact that actually don't forget it's not about your tactics. It's about having your strategy there. Yeah. So whether you as a business owner, whether you choose to actually have written down, and we're seeing it week week after week now on Dragonstone, if you like, they're saying, what's your marketing strategy? And they're just, they're, they're pushing back. They're saying, no, 
you might run a social media campaign, but what's your actual strategy? Yeah, because people come in and just say, yeah. well, I just want to get some influencers and use social yeah. media. And they, they, it's almost like they've heard that somewhere. Yeah. But they don't actually know what it means. No, no. And so they, that's a tactic, but that's not a strategy. No, no. Marketing in its own right is, is such a business-wide function, if you like, and it can tap into every different functional area of a business and has an impact on those different areas of business as well. It's more than simply just finding clients for you, um, people that you hope are going to buy your product or service. And it absolutely includes things like researching the market or sector that you're operating in, identifying your ideal client as we have, thinking about their buyer behaviour, thinking about um, so when they see with something, uh, see something that, that they like, what is it that's going to make them connect with that? And one step further than that, what's going to make them want to make a purchase or invest in that? That is a, you know, that's a whole thing in its in its own right. Again, kind of understanding the psychology behind psychology. that. And also the part of the strategy that you're talking about there is the, is the process in which you will engage that person. Yeah. So, you know, we don't want to just... We, you know, this isn't like a, a slam dunk situation. No, this is a you know, there's there's about ten passes before the yeah. the, the basket scored. That's a basketball analogy for anybody that's listening. <laughs> so yeah, the the, or, the or to quote Gary Vee, jab jab right hook. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, there's so much more to it. You know, we can cross over into kind of data analysis with with things as well. Um, your where you're looking back at your perhaps you're looking at your current, but you're also looking at prior business activity. You're looking at planning, creating your overall strategy or your goals, and then using all of this information combined to better understand your ideal clients' wants and needs. And that is a huge thing in marketing. So forget your individual tactics. Let's get that clear in our minds, please. Marketing is a much bigger thing. And it's about ultimately, what are we going to do as a business to connect with those clients in the first um, stage? But how are we going to meet their needs and wants? Okay. And in the context of um us as marketing, uh, us as wedding videographers and photographers, this is about a want, a consumer want. Okay, we might like to think that they need us for their wedding photography. They might need some photography, but they could use an iPhone, couldn't they? Well, there you go. That's that's one way to, to go, isn't it? But um, I think it's fair to say that as small business owners, the budget that we have available to be able to spend on marketing is going to be something that's that's much smaller than your kind of mid to sort of larger size businesses. And so we need to know that the marketing tactics or those methods that we choose are going to be purposeful. They're realistic for us in terms of enabling us to, to achieve our goals or, or our strategy. Yeah. So it's for this reason that in our industry then... I sort of personally feel that we should be focusing our time, the investment that we make and the resources into something that's called sort of direct marketing methods. Um, and that's so that we can ensure that we are 
reaching our ideal clients. And we want to choose that direct method because we want the ones that we choose to be something that's going to elicit a response from people. We don't just want to put time and effort and create those resources into putting something out there that people are going to look at and just scroll past it. So by saying that, Mm -hmm. you're talking about the difference between kind of a brand awareness where you just want people to know about your company and it exists or a actual, you know, get to know me, this is the proposition type thing. Yeah, yeah. So we're going beyond that point of we don't just want to create a, a positive perception of our business. We're now looking to kind of entice people in we want to be able to share more information about the products or services that we have we want to share more information about us we want them to take a deeper look into our business and what it is that we're offering Um, because when we do it in such a way when it's focused in that way and it's so purposeful that it is designed to kind of get a response back from them and when we're talking about a response it could be something as simple as a click through to the website It could be something as simple as a like or a comment on an image or a video that you might have shared on social. But that in itself is a response from them. They've chosen not to just glide on past that. And so if that's what we're doing, if that's where we're focusing our kind of time or energy, that's something that's far more likely to help us succeed in kind of reaching initially and then connecting with those ideal clients. Yeah. So... Obviously, I've talked about direct methods of, of marketing there. The, the flip side of that is is the more indirect ways. So to, to kind of just differentiate between the two, for an indirect method of, of marketing, what I might be talking about is where a company takes a more kind of generic approach to, to reaching people where it's not focused. So, for example, if we take Squarespace, for instance, they are currently using a TV advert. Oh, yeah. Um that has um oh gosh the names have escaped me now i think it's zendaya and from uh i'm sorry miss jackson (laughs) outcast outcast that's the one wow (laughs) um they're using those two people to promote and i've never seen that before but that's a television advert there's no doubt about the fact that that must have been a huge investment for squarespace but that's been seen on mainstream telly who are they targeting with that advert? Could be anybody. Yeah, yeah, it could, yeah. Could be anyone. So it's on tele. So that's a more generic approach. So it's a big statement, is that a big kind of statement of intent, Brand awareness. I would say. Brand awareness. Rather yeah. than, you know, because they don't know who they're going to get, do they? No. They don't know who they're going to get watching that, and they don't know who, what effect that's going to have. That's right. If it's going to actually achieve anything. You're absolutely right. And, and the reason, again, that that's indirect is because it's not something that can be measured. Yes, because so TV. It's television. And, it's, and yeah, we can yeah. look at how many people might have seen that ad, but we don't actually know how many people paid attention to no, it. No, absolutely not. So on the flip side of that, what Squarespace have done previously with a more directed approach to their marketing is whereby you might see their um, ads on YouTube or it might be using YouTubers themselves. Yeah. or influencers. That's where I've seen them for, to, for the last few years, yeah. Absolutely. So getting them to endorse Square, Squarespace as a, as a site, and then additionally saying, if you quote, you know, or mention this particular podcast or this particular vlog, and you'll receive 10% off. Yeah. And then a link to be able to click through from it. Yeah. That 
they've chosen that particular YouTuber for a reason because so they want for to instance, a photographer audience. or a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure we can all think of someone, someone who we've followed on YouTube or a podcast we've listened to that's been sponsored by Squarespace. Yeah, because they they've done that as a quite a, a they, that's been a big push for them, hasn't it? And they've yeah. probably invested quite a bit of money into into a lot of YouTubers. Yeah. Um, to do that. Yeah. So that's a more direct response. Even more direct still would be like an email newsletter. Yeah. So a mailing list. So then they will have, you know, they'll have those offer emails that they will send out weekly, monthly, whatever it may be. But if you're on the mailing list, they already know that they've had your attention. They've managed to grab your attention previously through one of their marketing tactics. Enough to get that information to be able to hit you directly. Absolutely. Yeah. So then if you're going to click through and you're going to make a purchase and use your 10% off offer, that is something that there is tangible in terms of the analytics for them. Yeah. They can measure that. They know exactly where that's come from. So um, just kind of bearing that, that sort of in mind, just kind of sort of setting the scene almost there for you of, of us all just kind of getting our heads around what is marketing then? What's a tactic? What's direct, indirect? Today, um, we just wanted to, to sort of share um, some examples of mainly the direct, um, but also some indirect marketing with you so that you can um, consider what are going to be the best tactics or methods for you then that you feel are going to help you and your business to reach your ideal clients yeah so we could take each one of these avenues that we're going to discuss um to get clients um and we could you know we could each one of these that we'll talk about we could do a a whole individual podcast on each one Mm -hmm. because when you actually start discussing um how something works and what you can do with it um it gets quite an in-depth topic, doesn't mm. it? So we're just going to go through them today. And um, then the, we, we may spend some time in other episodes on specific things. For example, if we take running a social media ad, that's such a huge topic. Um, we don't want to go into the depths of, of talking about it today, but we will in a future podcast. So if that's something that's of interest to you, or you want to know more about how you're going to use your website to... Um, you know, or, you, or other things to get that online interaction and people to find you when they do searches and stuff. We'll talk about that. So please, you know, if you if that's going to be of interest, uh, give the podcast a follow or subscribe, YouTube, etc. So we'll start with the website. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason to start with the website is because if you haven't got a website, if... I know that some businesses these days will just run themselves off social media. Yeah. For instance, an Instagram or Facebook page. I think that's a big mistake. I think it's great that you have those things and you use those things. They are huge in terms of getting, interacting with people yeah. and, and marketing to people. But you don't, they're not yours you have no real control over them. Like those accounts could get stopped at any point, yeah. etc. So it's really important, I think, to have your own, you know, place, which you've got, you, you know, it, it's it's somewhere that you can put your work, somewhere that you can send your, you know, put across your message, somewhere where people can find you yeah. that is in your control. You know, I mean, not a hundred percent, the internet could go down tomorrow, <laughs> but, you know, these days, unless you've got, a sh- you know, people don't really have a shop 
we're not really using newspaper adverts and stuff these days. So if you if you've got a small business, you need a website, and I'm sure I don't need to kind of go into any more detail on that. That's pretty obvious to everybody. Um, so how how do people find your website now? Again, I won't go through all the details, but essentially, your website, you can send people to that directly by giving them the address, or you're going to be found on a search engine. And the world's biggest, most the search engine everyone knows and basically doesn't call it search engine anymore, they do call it Google because that is the big one. So SEO um, is is like, is huge. You know, search engine optimization, um making sure that you can be found on search engines when people type in a you know a, a word or a phrase that is uh, relevant to your business and what and the service that you offer so for example wedding photographer in yorkshire wedding photographer london wedding photographer new york those we we, we want to come up in the searches and ideally we want to come up as high as possible yeah um that's the uh, briefest and most basic explanation of uh, search engines that I can give you. Um, hopefully, at this point, people are aware of this stuff. But I do, I do get that not everybody d- does understand all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's worth kind of just mentioning it. Yeah. Um, go on. There's, sorry, I was just going to say that there's there's often people that um, are within our industry that have been in the industry for for a long time who might might well be approaching the kind of latter end of of their career but when they started their business the, there was a lot less focus a lot less emphasis and, oh, and no, yeah. necessity to to have um that online presence um so equally it could be not just people starting out but it could be people that have just been used to working in a different way that have that been a professional in the industry for a long time and maybe just yet don't have that that understanding and awareness, yeah. Yeah. So just to run through some really basics, and again, this hopefully this isn't um, talking a different language to people, but the basics of website, really, you want to make sure that you're listed on Google Business uh, and Google Maps so that if people are searching and it's location-based um, or they're typing in your business name, that these things are coming up at the top of the searches and that might sound crazy but you could have a business name that is fairly unique and someone could type it in to a search engine and it still might not come up as one of the first um, listings simply because you haven't done this properly you haven't um, you know done this stuff in the background so again on Google my business uh, again I'm going to go into this because it's such a big topic mm-hmm. um, and Google Maps is kind of linked to that and then that means people are going to find you in your area if that's what they're looking for. And a website really needs to be well laid out. Um, it needs to have calls to actions. It needs to have content that draws people in. Uh, and the whole thing is supposed to create an experience, a user experience that, that builds confidence along with your work. So wherever you, however you build a website, wherever you kind of, you know, go to, to, to do that, um, these are the be- they're the basic things, and having a website is key. You need a website, basically. Yeah. Um. And on the back of that, SEO, I would say, until recently, until we started um, really putting into Instagram a bit more, um, SEO would would have probably been our highest. Google searches would have probably come up highest, or as as how people found us. Yeah. 
Um, on that, um, when you have a contact form or when people inquire with you, you really should be gathering information about how they're finding you. Uh, we do that on a contact form, but it's, you know, I can talk about that as a separate episode as well, but it's part of that process really does need to be, you need to capture that data so that you know, because it's going to help you with your marketing down the line. Um, the next one to talk about is YouTube. Now, YouTube and other video content. So it could be that you've got videos on other, on other platforms, in other places, uh, your Vimeos. I mean, there's so many now. Um, it could be on a social media platform like Facebook. Basically, when people search now, video is starting to come up massively in search engine results. Um, there is there are tabs in searches where you've got all, as in everything to do with that subject that you've searched for. Then you can narrow it down to images and videos and all sorts of stuff, news articles. So videos are now becoming very powerful. Um, I'm sure you hear constantly video, video, video. It's all so- social media seems to be doing at the moment. You know, Instagram's gone from a photo platform to a video platform first, you know, all this stuff. So it really is key um, to your business being found in a search capacity um, that you use in video. And just to kind of put that context, we get quite a few inquiries from directly from YouTube. So people will actually say YouTube. And I would say that a lot of the searches, when people say found you on Google, I'd say even then they actually found us through YouTube. It's just that the YouTube video came up in the Google search. And YouTube's owned by Google. So Google's the biggest search engine. YouTube's the biggest video company. And Google owned them. So if you have a video on YouTube about something or at a location, for example, a venue, Mm -hmm. it's quite likely that when you search or someone searches for a videographer or photographer at that venue that that video is going to come up if you've titled it and described it right. Yeah. And and I would say don't, don't um, underestimate for a second how far and wide that could can reach for you. Um, now, I would have, have probably said initially for, for destination photographers and videographers, that would be a really helpful tool. Um, but there are people who will travel from overseas to come and get married in, in this country and um, later this year we'll be um, we'll have a wedding whereby the couple are coming over from New York to to have their wedding and that was because they had seen a, a video at the venue that they wanted to get married at and so rather than flying someone over with them um, from from America what they did was contact us and say that it was because of having seen the, the video having like that. seen that mm. video for that venue on YouTube. Yeah. So and we would otherwise never, I, I don't think we would have otherwise connected with, or that person would have connected with us. No, of course we wouldn't. We're, we're not, we're not marketing to New York clients, are we? No. And obviously, you know, we could talk about, we will talk about blogs in a second, but you know, yes, blogs do that also on, on your website. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, that's an, that's a, an ex, expander of the, the, the website and your SEO. Um, but, but I don't think there are as many people using video, using YouTube, even Facebook videos. 
you know, if I, I I can tell you some venues that you can search for, and because the venue love doing Facebook live videos, that that they're just the whole thing for the like three or four pages. You know, I know this because I've said I've searched to see if our wedding video, our wedding film that we made at that venue's come up because they, a lot of them do, and I can talk about that in a different episode, but on this one, it didn't come up, and it was just pages and pages of Facebook Live videos from the venue mm-hmm. staff, who were obviously on top of the social media, and that was ranking on on Google as video content for the venue. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Basically, going forward, if you're not doing this, you're missing a huge trick. Yeah. You can literally... You can show up in the search, on the front page of searches for a venue very easily using YouTube. You, you, you put in your video on YouTube. And if you're a photographer and you don't do video at the moment, do a slideshow. And, you know, we can talk about how you can keyword all that mm. later on. But, yeah, it's powerful. Um, blogging. So... Blogging as in doing a blog on your website, which has always been a very popular way of marketing mm. for photographers um, since websites, you know, since the internet kind of came out. Um, and I do think it's still powerful. It's not something that we've ever spent a lot of time doing. We have got a blog and we do write blog at, um, blog posts. I don't think that we've ever gone into them enough and spent enough time on them to, for them to be powerful for us. So there's a big time investment there, isn't there? Yeah. To to be able to do them and, and do them often. And, for every you know, single for, wedding, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe what I would say uh, is that they were more relevant five to ten years ago because of all the other stuff wasn't around. So social media wasn't as big a thing, particularly for businesses. And you didn't have YouTube or YouTube wasn't what it is now. And you, you didn't have all these other video things. So blogging was huge because you could write a bit of a story about the day about someone's wedding day at a venue and then that would that would potentially you know reach lots of people through that being shared by the couple and that would get views on your website and then that would in turn bring this kind of ranking to your page on your website about that venue about that wedding that would then be found when people searched for uh, photographers at that venue uh, so it definitely still works. I, I I reckon there's like quite a lot of photographers out there that are still don't have to spend any money on marketing just because they wrote some really good blog content back in the day and it's still working for them. They're still ranking, you know, high and top in a lot of um, wedding venue for photography. Obviously for video, that's a little bit different. You could do blogs also, but I don't think it's something that videographers have done as much. And now what we've got is the the rise of social Instagram. Instagram's almost like its own little blog. Um, Mm. And you've got all these other platforms of video content and stuff. And I just think that it's starting to change. And I'm not saying it's not relevant anymore. It definitely is. And you should definitely have it as one of the tactics that you use. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's about as much as we can say about it at the moment without actually talking about how you would write a blog. I think that's it. Just with that, just understanding... Um, h- how relevant you still feel it might be today for your particular business and who you're trying to reach, and also to just know that it it, it will take some time. You know, you need to commit to the to the time to being able to do that for your weddings. Yeah, if you're going to do it. 
like what I found I think is it's, it's probably the bar- it was the barrier to us doing it, wasn't it? Yeah. So often. It's, it's because it's a process on top of all the other processes that you've got to go through. Mm-hmm. And then on top of social media, because social media is a little bit more direct than blogging. Yeah. Because you because you're building up a following with blogging, whereas with um, uh, sorry you're building up a following with social media, um, whereas with blogging you are more relying on being found because so, of how you've tactically because of how used you've tactically used stuff yeah. Words, yeah so it's not as um, you know you're not as in control of it. Mm. Um, so then we've got blogs. And magazine features and awards and recognition. Um, so, for instance, you know, you submit a wedding to a blog, like, you know, a Rock My Wedding or a Whimsical Wonderland Weddings or something like that. And you basically get in um, featured on their blog. So you're getting, they're kind of promoting you. You're getting, um, you're getting recognition from mm. them endorsing you in a way uh, and and putting you in front of their audience um, and that's the same for a magazine um, and it's the same for awards so you know awards are one of those topics that we can all kind of have different opinions on if you've won some awards you probably think they're really good and if you haven't won some awards you probably think they're a waste of time I think it's um, one of those things where you are it's another avenue of marketing mm. um, you know been using someone else's following to grow your own um, or, or shine a light on what you do because yeah, it becomes part of your narrative then doesn't it in in whether that's your copy but what you're conveying to your ideal client yep. if you feel that that's something that's important to them that that's what you want like to I've been featured know. in this magazine I've been yeah. featured on this blog I've won this award yeah it's um it's giving you kind of that uh you know endorsement of well, I'm good because people, mm. magazines want my work and yeah. I've won awards. Yeah. So, you know, as well as it putting it in front of the audiences of those, um, you know, establishments, it's also giving you that, creating that persona for yourself. Yeah. Um, email marketing campaigns. So this is kind of gathering for organically. Mm-hmm. Um. That you could pay for, like big companies pay for emails, don't they, to be able to market to. Obviously, that's not going to be applicable to us. So what we're thinking is you you put a, a form on your website or you have a, a way of gathering email addresses from people who might be interested in your services. Now, with this one, I'm not going to talk about it too much because it's something that we haven't done before, something that we will potentially do in the future. We do it in relation to the Wedding Mavericks website because... Mm-hmm. We know that people who hopefully are listening to the, the podcast, they might be interested in stuff to do with, you know, wedding photography and videography. Um, because what we've always thought is, well, if we put one on our wedding videography or photography service website, it's kind of a one-off service, isn't it? So we always just thought, well, or I always just thought, people aren't going to necessarily buy you know, with something like family photography, they might, you know, they might have that every year. Yeah. Um, whereas it's a kind of one and done situation. Yeah. But I never thought about the potential outside of that. Yeah. And it's, we were having a discussion, discussion this, about this it. week, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. 
and I suppose for for you it's it's to consider um are you a service that offers solely wedding photography and videography or are there other strands to your business as well so when you're not offering that particular service do you offer something like family or portrait photography or lifestyle photography or do you work with businesses and do you do product photography or generate content for other businesses so if I can certainly see um on the back of uh, discussions that we've had this week and I guess when you yeah. when you sort of think about it you know how how many um sort of facets are there to and different strands are there to your business so that might be something that you would want to consider if you are interested in just raising awareness of the fact that you do have other types of service that you offer too yeah or you know maybe people have used you they still follow you mm. Um, but they don't go on social very often. But mm-hmm. that email, you know, might be the way that they keep connected with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like a bit of a newsletter, this is what we're up to. And it might just jog their memory about you. Mm-hmm. And then they might have a relative or a friend yeah. that's getting married. Yeah. And they might rem- remind themselves of you because they got your email. And then when they see the mate or the, f- or the family member, they go, yeah, have these guys. You know, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, it's not necessarily the most powerful one, I would say, for our industry, but it's definitely something to bear in mind and use. Yeah. Um, Something like Bark or Yell, and if you haven't heard of those and you don't, we're not going to suggest you use them. Um, That's not something we would use. No. Um, But it's something that you could, and I know some people do. Uh, That is basically a company that's going to... Uh, like the yellow pages, essentially, used to be. Mm-hmm. You paid to be listed on the, used to be in a book. For anybody who's young enough to not know about the yellow pages, they used to basically dump a book on your doorstep that had listings for everything you could think of in there, all sorts of businesses and services. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how you would essentially find somebody to do whatever it is you needed doing. Um, and they'd be categorised, so there'd be a photography or a videography category. Mm. And yeah, I think in the olden days where we didn't have the internet, they were great. The way that they, these businesses have um, evolved is to is to is to grow on the internet and get into the listings ahead of um, ahead of like individuals because they've got a big site mm. um, with lots and lots and lots of uh, authority on online, so they can target keywords for things and come up in the top of the listings and then when you click on there it'll show you all the people in that area for instance a wedding videographer in leeds where near where we live that would you would potentially if you'd paid to be on their site um you would come up on there i've had yell try to sell this to us i'm sure lots of people have barker and newer company that are doing the same sort of thing to be aware of they might that might be a route that you want to go down my our personal opinion or oh, personal experience of it is that this and the thing that we're about to talk about next which is directories they're a little bit more difficult for you to control anything on there mm-hmm. so if you spend money on these things and like yell for instance i'm sure they were quoting a thousand quid or something ridiculous really? yeah right, to, to be listed on there um and it's you know the directories so all the wedding directories I suppose with with Bark or Yell, that's a general business thing. Mm. Um, at least with wedding directories, they are they, they they are promoting wedding services to people looking for 
uh, wedding service provider. So they're more more relevant. But again, you pay money to be listed. It doesn't mean that you're going to get the, the inquiries. And there are some that are really good and there are some that aren't so good. And I think because we've had some experience of ones that aren't so good... Um, Just puts you off a bit. It puts you off a bit. It. But then we've also had some experience of ones that are good and we still are listed on, on a couple of them mm-hmm. um, that are a more should we say niche clientele mm-hmm. so they are more in line with our ideal client uh, i'm not mentioning names on purpose but it's like you could have one that is kind of like hey all bra- all 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 people getting married all brides and grooms mm-hmm. yeah and then you can have one that's that's a bit more focused around um, a type of couple or a type of wedding yeah. um so that might be something you want to look at um, pay-per-click, Google Ads. Mm-hmm. I won't go massively into that, but essentially you, you pay some money, you put a budget in, and you pay money to be able to come up ahead of people in search engine results. Yeah. Um, and this is a very useful tactic, I would say. Yeah. Um, huge tactic 10 years ago uh, for people. Uh, social media has changed it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's still relevant. Um, might not be the easiest thing to do. Beware if you're going to get a company to do it for you mm-hmm. because you don't actually know that that company aren't going to take your money and squander it and rip you off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to do your homework on yeah. that. And if you're going to do it yourself, I, I would do it yourself and I'd, I'd just put some time into researching it. Yeah. Plenty of tutorials online, isn't there, and mini courses and things like that that yeah. um, that, that can help with that because it's um, it's it is quite a an intricate process, you know, just knowing all all the buttons to select and deselect and exactly exactly what the the information that you want to put in there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that essentially will you know target keywords and give you access to people who are searching for certain things ahead of people who have not paid to to be in those searches yeah. so if you're quite behind in terms of your ranking on on uh, webs you know on google searches organically because mm-hmm. it takes time to to get yourself yeah. ranked high on those and sometimes it's not even possible sometimes it's too competitive to get mm. to get ranked high on there then a way you can circumvent that is to pay money yeah paid social media ads so facebook ads instagram ads um now we've got TikTok ads. These things are, from our experience, very useful um, to control your marketing. Yeah. Um, so between sort of a Google ad pay-per-click situation and a paid social media strategy pay-per-click situation, um Organic social media is nowhere near as powerful as it once was. I remember when we first started, you could have literally done a Facebook post and every time we shared a new wedding film, we would get inquiries every single time just through the couple sharing it and then people sharing it that were at the wedding or who knew people who were at the wedding and it just got shared and shared and shared and lots of comments, lots of likes and... um, there'd be inquiries from it and usually bookings. That stopped 
quite early on, didn't it? Because mm. Facebook changed. And they realised that they, there was a way for them to, to Facebook's to whole for them thing was to, to, to yeah, make money. monetize that, yeah. So, you know, drop the organic reach of Facebook down. That's happened with Instagram over the last couple of years. And now if you want to get decent traction, um, you know, yes, you either need a huge following or you probably need to be paying for ads. Mm-hmm. Not saying that's not hard and fast rule, but if people think um, if people think that having to pay for marketing is a bad thing, that then you really haven't thought through the idea of being in business. Yeah. Because every single business, no matter what it is, is paying for marketing. It's part. It's, it's just a function of business. That's right. And yeah. building it into your business strategy, mm-hmm. your your business plan is: I need to acquire some customers. And it will cost me this much, mm-hmm. or I think it will cost me this much per customer yeah. to acquire them. And my return on that investment is. So, um, you know, I'm not saying you can't run a business without paying for marketing. There are oh. plenty of people that will do. But I would say that they're going to be the more established photographers and videographers that have been in the game quite a long time and not yeah. your brand new, just started out people. Yeah, you know, a tradesman might be able to get away with working on word of mouth solely and books up their calendar, going from job to job, word of mouth. Yeah. Um, but that's a completely different industry. Um, it's it's albeit it's service based, but but that's completely more different, people isn't need it? a plumber and an electrician than need a wedding <laughs> photographer. <obviously. laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and and that's of course just just one sort of example. There are businesses that exist that are still using more traditional forms of marketing, paper-based forms of marketing in local area magazines and newspapers and things like that, leaflets that still get posted through the, the door, but it's still a marketing tactic just because it's a, a business that's operating in a completely unrelated industry. It still demonstrates that businesses in other sectors are still using marketing. They're still investing in their marketing, aren't they? It's just in a different way. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, that those 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 paying for for to, to get inquiries is is kind of a, a business function and, and we won't go into it anymore in this episode, but it's something that um is a way to ca- kind of influence the success of your business basically. Okay, so another way is wedding fairs, and again, this is something that you would typically pay to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that was very, very big 10 years ago. Um, and when we started five years ago, it was still fairly, mm. it was still a fairly big thing. Uh, the pandemic, I think, had a bit of an effect on it because uh, it's, it's pushed everything from everything that we do working online, you know, to, 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 to not doing things in person as much. Um, but I do think they were already on the, they were starting to decline a little bit anyway in terms of how popular wedding fairs were. Mm. Uh, I think for lots of reasons, I think people are busy. So yeah, busy, and 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 again, there's quite there can be quite an investment up front to be able to to do a wedding fair, isn't there? Depending on the the size of it, you know, the as, spot as, a, as yeah. a as a vendor, sorry, so yeah. sorry, as a supplier, um, you know, in in some of the some of the bigger ones in in really large venues, the spot that you might be paying for, you'll pay for. Uh, there might be three different categories or sizes of tables, for instance, that you might pay for, and whether you want power or you don't want power, and then 
Um, and so you could be talking anything from a couple of hundred pounds up to sort of three, four, five hundred pounds. I've seen spots. I've seen as, some for like some thousands, you know, like the goodness. national wedding shows yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there will be the marketing materials that you will need to pay for in order to kind of furnish your stand, your area. And building, a, building a booth yeah. and, and having your, st- yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So when you kind of, it's, you know, it's it's what it's what you feel um, is, is a more worthwhile investment for you. Um, but, you know, larger wedding fairs like that is something that can really kind of, the, the amount that you might spend on that will if you were to put that into... into something else, you might have a better return. Possibly, yeah. When, and we're not saying you, you will or you won't. You know, it does actually no. work different for other people. We can only talk yeah. about our own experiences. Yeah, and I think that the, the benefit still, I would say, for wedding fairs, and there are more that are starting up again. You know, we've seen quite a few venues recently reaching out and sort of seeing if it's something that we might be interested in. So they are starting to happen again, which is great. And what it does of course enable the the clients to do potential clients to do is to kind of see you up close and personal and if you have a tangible project uh, product that you are able to provide as part of your service like an album yeah like an album so for for photographers you know i think it, it it would be fair to say that that's um a far more beneficial environment for a photographer to, because you can showcase your work, you know, in prints, in the albums, you might have a slideshow that's playing. Whereas I think what we found over time is when we we're just simply showing our um, our work, you can't really always, well, you can't have the volume up too loud for, for, for one. So the kind of music or the audio that plays during your films, you can't always showcase it in its best light. And really, who's going to stop and... For watch a, for, a five for to five ten, ten minute minutes. video <laughs> yeah and so yeah yeah sorry i'll let you no but that's that's that. it mm-hmm. so yeah wedding fairs are one of those things you've got to think about the budget of how much it's going to cost to actually do the wedding fair and then you got to think about how much you're going to invest in the stuff to do the wedding fair like the booth and all your your materials and things and you've just got to be like well if i'm going to spend the money and buy all that stuff to do one then i might as well do quite a few um so it's then you're investing X amount of days time to be there. It becomes not the most straightforward marketing thing. And it's very difficult to actually track how successful it is mm-hmm. compared to like an online thing where you can see how many click throughs you got to different things and what works and what doesn't. It's hard to get the feedback and you would, and you don't, you know, at least with an online sort of marketing strategy campaign, um, it's going to deliver to all those people and hopefully if the content is right and the, the copy is right, mm. it, it gets the clicks. And then yeah. the, the rest of it is basically up to how good your website is, how good your work is, how good you come across to them, etc., etc. Um, But with the wedding fair, what if nobody comes to the wedding fair and you've spent the money on it? Mm. You know, what if it doesn't get the attention that you're expecting? Mm. Issue which you can't really control yeah. necessarily. What if you do sort of, um, you, you know, you, you're you wanting to collate names and email addresses so that you can share something visual with them at a later yeah. point? What if people don't, don't want to give, yeah, they don't want to give you the name or they give you some bogus yeah. email addresses, what's <laughs> yeah. happened to us in the past. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not always the, the best. Um, but they might be successful for you. Um, we know that they, they work for some people. Mm. They, they particularly work well when you 
it's a particular venue where someone works all the time and they've got a, a relationship with that venue. Yeah. They're recommended by that venue, which is we're coming on to next. Mm. And it, it helps to go to that wedding fair because it's, it's literally like, from what I understand, it's like shelling peas if, you, if you're in that situation. <laughs> it is like they're going to book a photographer for their wedding. So as long as you're not too expensive, you're just going to get booked because they're going to see your stuff. They're going to be like, well, look all the photos of this venue where I'm getting, re- getting married. Yeah. So in that situation, they're great. If you are not, that's not your business plan probably not as much and we you can do free showcases and things and we've Mm -hmm. when we've had relationships with with wedding venues we've gone and done their showcases that can be quite useful um and that usually doesn't cost you but wedding fairs that are big and organized that they usually are expensive Mm. recommended venue list is what we just mentioned so basically one of the most uh sort of successful ways of uh, marketing I would say is to build relationships with people yeah and the first part of call there is a wedding venue where they're going to have people have weddings <laughs> so you know the target market you know it might not be your exact client but at least you know that they're definitely you're not just showing a you know if you show an advert on social media no matter how good your targeting is it's not necessarily going to always reach someone who's getting married mm. Whereas hopefully, you know, if you're on a recommended suppliers list at a venue, the people that are reading that information are getting married. Yeah. Usually at that venue. Mm. And therefore, that's a strong a strong way of doing it. And I'd say we, we get quite a lot of our work that way. Yeah. We're on the recommended suppliers list for quite a few venues, different types of venue. Um, and that's through building relationships up with the people who work there, being a decent person, isn't it? <laughs> And nice to work with, um, giving to them yeah. as much as yeah. as much as them helping and giving to you, um, and that leads us on to the next one, which is networking, which is quite broad. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, so. There are maybe we just talk are, about that in relation think, to those things. Yeah, I think because um, there are business specific ones, aren't there? And then there are ones that you can sort of pay to have a, a membership for and they are, that's quite a, an intensive one where there'll be sort of a, a weekly meeting or Zoom meeting and it might be like a, a networking brunch or breakfast oh, or something right, yeah. like that. Um, but then I think on a, um, a more... Informal. A more kind of, yeah, informal sort of setting for us, for photographers, videographers, um I think just whether it's at, um, so we've got a style shoot, as I mentioned, that, that we're going to do yeah. next week and there will be um, other suppliers. So from every sort of, every other aspect of um, planning a wedding day from uh, the, obviously the venue itself, the styling, stationery, cake, dress, hair and makeup. All there, sorts there are suppliers of, that represented in all of those categories. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, a great opportunity to be able to, to just mingle and get to know the people yeah. within the same industry that you're you're working in because sometimes, you know, it's, it's happened loads of times where you, you may go to something like a, um, a showcase or a style shoot then you come across another vendor that, oh, I recognise you from so-and-so's wedding or vice versa, you meet them there and then before you know it, down the line, you, you're sort of seeing them again. And then like you've said, it's that kind of nice exchange of 
um, when the let's say when the film is ready, you can credit that person then in there. And then on the back of that, and this happened just yesterday. So with the the first film of of this year that that we'd sent out to the client, um, we didn't have a suppliers list that had been completed. But on the night, we went round to them all, making sure that we got their well, you uh, Instagram. Because <laughs> you're good at stuff like that. <laughs> Just getting their um, Instagram tags, for instance, because we know that that will be a platform that, that we use and we share our work on there. So we wanted to be able to credit other people. And just within minutes of it being... Um, posted on there four of the suppliers had already kind of shared that to their story and and sort of put that out there to uh, to their own audience so that you know that's 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 a huge way of networking yeah yeah massively so 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 like from you know from a, a wedding fair um from a wedding itself from doing a styled shoot mm-hmm. or a showcase mm-hmm you're building up these relationships with other yeah. vendors and that in itself, even though it's not networking as per the kind of, <laughs> you know, business way of networking, yeah, it is building up a network of, yeah. of people in the industry. Um, and that could be done in person. You, you know, you could just have little meetups and stuff. It could be that you go to uh, workshops and courses with people mm. that'd be building up your network also. Um, and it's just about, it's just about sort of you know you we've talked about your persona as your brand mm. and that carries through to networking with other mm. other people if you're a decent person to work with if they like the way that you do things mm. and you come across they're likely to refer you and, yeah. and vice versa you should be looking to refer and help those people yeah reach people also mm-hmm. that might end up having you know you might end up having a recommended suppliers page on your website and then you might end up becoming on their recommended suppliers and yeah. it all just it all just helps all this stuff i would say you know a huge proportion well when i say huge i don't mean as huge as some of the other things but a big proportion of our bookings and inquiries come yeah. from this and this is definitely this and the next ones that we're going to talk about uh, are the most what we've done is we've kind of gone from the most wide and the most indirect yeah marketing methods yeah. to literally the most direct yeah and the ones that are more than likely going to result in a booking so if like someone searching you on google's got like a five percent chance of them booking you if you if they find you getting referred personally by someone mm. is probably got like a 70 80 90 percent chance yeah of getting booked mm. um it might come down to price but yeah they're gonna if they've got that personal connection already yeah. that's that's the key that's it so advocacy is is huge, huge. isn't it or endorsement by another vendor however you want to sort of refer to it but um but it takes time to get a, to this it does it does but having that support so again it's it's something that like you say you you it, it does take time to to build this up because because you need to gain that experience um for yourselves and you need to demonstrate to those other suppliers as well because if you're it, well do you know what i was going to say if if you're kind of new to this injury but but it's not it's all the way along. consistency again all the way along it's about forming these relationships and if that if that's the kind of mindset that you can approach this with so rather than it just being 
It's about getting the bookings. It's the transactions. It's about bump, 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 going to the next one from the next. And it's about me being the best. And why should I network with other photographers? Yeah, because I'm other awesome. Videographers? I'm awesome. They're my competitors. Why would I want to do that? You know, if I'm doing, if you if you're doing that, and that's where your mindset's at, then best of luck to you. Please don't continue to listen. But ah. you know, yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard someone because, do that before? No, ju- ju- just well, you know, just because I, I think I think that you know you're not only approaching your 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 business incorrectly, but I just kind of think, well, what kind of a person are you outside of business as well? So true. for for me we're doing this because we want it to have this community feel about it. And yeah. I know the next thing you're going to come on to talking about is referral groups. Okay. Yeah. Which is about the community of whether that's a wedding industry specific one, whether it's one just for photographers or videographers or the two of us together. Okay. Goodness me, we're, we, we might be competitors in the sense that when we're doing our market research, we want to have a look uh, what are other people who are working at a similar standard, operating in a similar area and trying to reach a similar person? What are they charging and what are they offering in their packages? We might do that, okay? But I think if you are approaching it from a, a, re- a real kind of cutthroat perspective whereby it's because I want to be the best and I want to nudge them out of the industry, then yeah, like I say, your place is is not here. For me, I don't think for a second that anybody that we've come across so far in the industry, and we've only been in this for five years, but there are people that have been in here a lot longer, people for a lot lesser time. We should all be trying to help one another out. Yeah. Goodness me, look at the, the last couple of years. Those of us that are still fortunate enough to have a business that survived that, or those of us that are just starting a business on the back of what has happened. You know, we only kind of get stronger and we only learn more as an industry and a community together. If we keep trying to support one another and kind of, you know, gently kind of nudge one another, one another to, to become better, you know, to learn more from one another. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to shush now. So, before, uh, before Lindsay went off on that tangent, before, yeah, the, so. um, the relationship... <laughs> The relationship that you create with other vendors, but also, you know, other photographers, other videographers, filmmakers, is really important. Um, and if you're, not, if you're not doing this in person because you're not getting to work with other people, um, I definitely know it's much easier for a videographer to work alongside other photographers. These, you know, it's always been like that typically than, you know, a photographer working with another photographer just you know because unless they hire them as a second shooter you don't necessarily work alongside each other as much mm. um but you know getting to work alongside each other and, and know each other in person um and also in online in referral groups and facebook groups and things like that it's really really um useful to build up those relationships because if you give people you know i can think of people who refer us to clients when they can't do the job Mm -hmm. because they're busy um because we refer them and it's a two-way street and it's building that relationship the ones who just put the names down all the time but never refer anybody on they, they probably never get passed on and i'm just telling you how it is so you need to be a giver as well as a taker, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm going to just, I don't, I don't, I'll feel myself getting snigger mode about just what I've just said. So. Yeah, no. Just okay. save, save, so, yeah. save me just having a rant don't and right. you, 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 you keep it, keep it smooth. Okay. Keep it All right. Um, so, and then the last one, the most powerful one, referral from past clients. So, you know, ones where either the couples have directly recommended you or somebody who is connected to that wedding, whether it be a friend or a family member, somebody who knows those people and has seen your mm. work and seen how you operate at the wedding and they're recommending you or they're booking you. And this is the most powerful and it seems obvious. Um, but that's only going to happen if you get that branding right. Yeah, because mm. that branding is you on the day. Mm. Right, so you might create some amazing photos, but what if you were a bit of a knobhead at the wedding? It, it, it's gonna, it's gonna cancel each other out, isn't it? Um, I do know of people who know who have who have said to me, couples who've booked us, we've worked alongside some, and I've I've know that they said I'm not booking that person who did so and so's wedding because the, that's not the way I want it done at my wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised, you know what I mean? But that's what they said. So um, it really matters, you know, what you want to put out there, how you want to carry yourself. And by having good work and by creating and being consistent with that brand, yeah, you're going to end up um, with the most powerful inquiries going. And, you know, I can think of that there are, I'd say that most weddings, at some point, you'll get a referral from it, you know, an inquiry that comes from that wedding. Um, I can think of quite a few weddings that we've done where we've literally booked 10 weddings off one wedding yeah. because of the, the referrals that came out of it. The, the people that were in that circle mm-hmm. or were connected to that circle. So some of them would have been people that were at that wedding who were getting married themselves or people that were friends with people that were getting married that day but didn't actually go to the wedding but just saw their video online that then book you with, you know, mm-hmm. we know which ones we can think of. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say you, you get a good, once you're up and established, you get a big amount of your bookings through that method mm. yeah yeah that's that's good there's more than you think isn't there yeah when you kind of when you start going through the, the and this this purely today was supposed to just kind of the you know signpost people to to the different well, we options thought, that we thought we'd do this in 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but i think do you know what for for whichever one or whichever number of those i should say not 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 just one but for whichever number of those that you're going to say Bring it back to consistency again. Be a nice person. Yeah. And always aim to provide a, a great experience for, for people, whether that's your clients or it's the people that you're going to work alongside. So I think that, that was slightly less ranty. That, that was a lot less ranty about yeah, that, wasn't it? That it was. was just, that was a bit more nutshelly. And yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> be it with that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Remember also that um, you, you want to work on standing out a little bit from, from the crowded market, don't you? So think about the fact that this could, of course, be through your branding and think about how far and wide that stems based on what we've talked about in these past two episodes. It might be about the standard of service that you will provide to people 
all the things that you create, as you've mentioned. But it should be something, of course, that draws attention to you and makes people remember you and they go away with this positive impression of you, like we've said, that's going to last of your business. So what we all do, it's a very personal service, isn't it? And often it's delivered as as a one-off. It isn't something that's generic, don't forget that. And it isn't something actually that's essential. So definitely we've kind of had to sort of battle with, starting out with videography, the fact that the go-to for everyone when making their list of priorities for for booking supplies for their wedding is a photographer. And um, for for a long time, the videographer was seen as a luxury uh, because if we can afford it, if it's in the budget, if we've got budget left over, then we'll consider booking one. Um, I'm happy to see that the tide is slightly changing on that now in in sort of more more, uh, recent years. But none of it's essential. Okay, wedding photography and videography needs to be a want. And as part of our marketing strategy, we should have in our minds that we need to show people why they want, why they should want to have our service. And especially if think of it in the context of you thinking about the long run for your business. So if in the long run you want to be able to increase your prices and be charging a higher price, operating in a more kind of exclusive environment or simply just continuing to gradually grow your business over the long term. This is, these are the things that you need to consider. So please don't simply follow or just copy what you see someone else doing. We are all inspired. And I think this was why I got a little bit het up <laughs> earlier on, because I think we're we're very misguided and I think it'd be very silly to to even deny the fact that we're kind of all inspired by one another and it's good and it's healthy to to look at what other people are doing and look and admire okay look and don't try to nudge out or you know stamp on or 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 whatever or really negatively sort of compete with we all kind of get inspiration and sort of ideas and we can learn from one another okay but just make sure that you're making a clear distinction please between having your work inspired by other people and then just blatantly copying what they're doing because don't forget that's one individual and you're another individual and so we've talked about not misrepresenting yourself through your branding or how you kind of portray yourself Think about all the tactics that Jules has been through there and choose the ones that are right for you. So it might be a single one or it might be a number of them, but think about what's right for you, what's right for your business also, and which ones you believe will best kind of showcase your service and are going to help you, like we said, help you reach your ideal clients. Yeah, and it will will adapt and it will change at various times. For you, for your business, um, for whatever's happening in the world, you mark the market. Mm. Um, so you've got to be kind of aware of them all and ready to change and adapt. For yeah. instance, if you just solely had relied on wedding fairs and in-person contact and then the pandemic happens and that wasn't happening, yeah. well, what, what, what are you then doing to market to people? You know, I, I, I'm not saying that it will have been a disaster, but it's... Matt, our view is that you should always 
diversify whatever it is you're doing. So, you know, use a mix. Um, they even call it the marketing mix, don't they, Lindsay? If we, were to, if we were to actually start going into kind of more academic talk about marketing, the marketing mix uh, is a term that is used. We won't go there today. So that's it for this week's episode. It's gone on longer than we thought again. Um, really hope it's been useful to listen to it. And if you've got any questions, uh, comments or suggestions, please um, drop us a DM at Wedding Mavericks on Facebook and Insta. You can visit info at weddingmavericks.com as an email address. Uh, the website is weddingmavericks.com. Um, and please, yeah, subscribe and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. <laughs> Don't know why I did the like, wink and <laughs> a gun click. Wink and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, just just to, to sort of on the back of that, say uh, thank you to those of you that that are already following us and um, listening or, or watching each week. We, we really appreciate it. And thank you also to, to those of you that are getting in touch. Um, our sponsor for the podcast, Divine Studios, thank you also for, for still being involved um, with this for us. And um, have a good week, all of you. See ya. See ya.